Isaiah 3, starting at verse 16. <clears throat> the Lord says, The women of Zion are haughty, walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. Therefore, the Lord will bring sores on, their, on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. In that day, the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and anklets and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings, the fine robes and the capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors, and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls. Instead of fragrance, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. Instead of well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. Your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle. The gates of Zion will lament and mourn. Destitute, she will sit on the ground. In that day, seven women will take hold of one man and say, we will eat our own food and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion, who remain in Jerusalem, will be called holy, all who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem. The Lord will wash away the filth of the woman of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. <coughs> over everything, the glory will be a canopy. Over everything, the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and rain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks very much, for, uh, Pam, for reading that for us. Let me pray for God's help uh, as we seek to, to look at those words and uh, see what they mean for us. Father God, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for all that he came to do. Thank you that he is God with us and that you're with us this morning by the Holy Spirit. And please, would you speak to us by that same spirit to our hearts, to our minds. Please, would you change us? Please, would you help us to rejoice in your goodness to us this morning? We pray. Amen. It's a big occasion. It's a big night out. And you want to look your best, so what do you wear? Or you're going to a big family occasion. Maybe it's a wedding or a celebration or a party. And you think, what do I wear? Or someone really important is coming coming to town or, or coming to the building or coming to where you work or wherever it is you gather to meet with other people, what do you wear? 
And ultimately, Jesus is coming. That is what Advent is about. It's anticipating Jesus coming. It's a big occasion. And he's coming back again. What do we wear? We all have uh, clothes that we've got at home. Maybe we're wearing them right now. I don't know. That make us look good, feel good, feel uh, comfortable, feel like this, this, you know, dress to impress and all the rest of it. For all kinds of occasions, when you go to an interview, you don't just go wearing jeans and a t-shirt unless you're interviewing for a gardening job, I suppose. I don't know. But uh, you, 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 you dress appropriately, don't you? And we do that with all kinds of parties, celebrations, and occasions. It's not just our clothes. It might be the way we do our hair, which for me is not very difficult. It's dead easy, actually, to do my hair. I've, uh, I've brushed it how many times in the last months? Yeah, none, none. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, but it might be other things as well. It might be the technology we wear. Or it might be the car we drive. Or it might be what we've got in our homes as we perhaps invite someone around or just invite the family over on Christmas Day or whenever it is. There's all kinds of things that we wear. It might be the fragrances we use or things that we uh, put in our ears or the sunglasses or the rest of it. You know what I'm talking about. And sometimes we do those things to impress. Maybe we're thinking about it this time of year, Christmas. People have told us what they want and maybe we've told them what we want. I've asked for a new jumper. I have no idea what colour it will be. I've, asked, I've said what size I am. I'm either small or a medium if anybody wants to get me one. Uh, new jumper, that's fine. Um, maybe we're thinking about uh, new clothes, better clothes, nicer clothes. And the question is, does God care? Does God watch your wardrobe? Is God bothered about what you're wearing? And the answer in our Bible reading is quite surprising. Actually, he does care. He cares quite a lot about your wearing. In fact, he cares so much that he wants far more for us in this area than even what we settle for. He wants to dress us something beyond our imagination, even our wildest dreams. Well, let's look at this Bible reading. We're in the early chapters of Isaiah. And uh, let's put up our map, if you wouldn't mind, Matthew. I've I've shown this map a few times. Just helpful, uh, I think, to get our bearings on what's happening a long, long time ago, uh, quite far away. So you can see Egypt and Assyria. They're the big nations. One's in yellow, one's in red. And Judah is marked there. It's that blob in blue, if you can see that sandwiched in between with some other nations around it. And that map map just shows God's people, Judah, surrounded by other small nations between two quite big, powerful nations. And you can imagine if you're feeling a bit small and a bit insecure, you'd want to try and impress, wouldn't you? You'd want to show, actually, we're quite strong. We're not feeble and weak and insignificant. We've actually got quite a significant presence. And uh, Assyria and Egypt and all you other surrounding nations... You know, don't come and attack us because actually we're quite significant and weighty and, and powerful, really. And we will dress to impress to show you that we're not being left behind, even though we might be small and easy target. Thank you very much, Matthew, for putting that up there for us. Now, God's people today is not a particular nation anymore. It is the church. God's people are all over the world. And we are not surrounded by other nations, but we're surrounded by a culture, a culture that is not Christian that is not of God, pretty much like Judah, surrounded by other nations that uh, worshipped all kinds of other things, made up gods that they worshipped. And because of that influence, the people of Judah back then that I had in that blue blob on the map, like us today, we get influenced by the way the surrounding people live. 
And God is not going to stand by at the hurt that happens to people because God's people are not living the way they should live. God loves all people and will act if God's people that he loves don't change. He says what will happen if you don't change, this is going to happen to you. And it is a warning so that they change and avoid that potential future. In chapter 2, two weeks ago, we were looking at that chapter. And God warned them, don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in human strength, might, and power, whether it's financial or military power. Don't trust in those things. And last week, Paul was speaking in chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Watch out for those leaders and those leaders who are abusing other people. And God is saying, all that you have, your position, your place, will be taken away if you don't change. And the focus this week is on this issue of what we wear, what we dress in, what we put on, and what we have. We're surrounded by a culture that influences in this area. And God, through Isaiah, warns us not to be like everyone else, but to live Jesus' way. We say we love Jesus. We've sung that in our songs this morning, but often... The way we live, the things we choose in life, show that actually we don't love him as much as we say we do. And the question for you and for me this morning is, will we be warned? Isaiah starts with a warning in verse 16 onwards into chapter 4. He says, watch out for what you wear. Don't put your pride in what you wear. It might lead you into disgrace. Let's have a look at 3.16. The Lord says, The women of Zion, Zion is Jerusalem, the women of Zion are haughty or proud. They walk along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. I'm tempted to act this out, but I would do a bad job of it. Strutting my stuff, swaying my hips. Let's not go there. Now, this is talking about the way women are dressing, but I just want to say front up, this is not an anti-women passage. Okay? This is not the Bible being against women, but it's actually against the whole of society. You'll have seen this on TV, in, on the screen or in the films. You might even have been to posh do's and parties where it's black tie. Okay? You, you know the thing I'm talking about. And all the men are dressed the same, aren't they? They're wearing a black bow tie and a white shirt and a black suit. All the men are dressed the same. They've all got black shoes on. You can't tell who's got money and who hasn't because they've all got the same suit on, effectively. But when you look at the women, when you look at the women, none of them are wearing the same dress. And if they are, they're embarrassed about it, aren't they? Some of you will know this as parents with the prom that's coming up. Chris is nodding because he's told me what this is like. And I think Isla's, you know, she's, she's doing well with this, I think. But there are some girls, apparently, Chris tells me, who, one girl has gone to America to find a prom dress. How much money spent on finding this one dress that she'll wear once, maybe, and again, I don't know. But that is the way it is, isn't it, in our society? Let's get that amazing, expensive costume because we, don't, we want to stand out. But that is not just the women, that is the whole of society. And the question is, where did this all come from? Because there's nothing wrong with having nice clothes. But verse 14, if you back up to that in the Bible, it says where this wealth has come from. End of the verse. The plunder that you've got, this wealth, has come from the poor. That plunder is in your houses. In other words, God is saying through Isaiah, you've got all this wealth as shown by the things that you can buy and dress yourself in. And you wear them as badges of pride. Look what I've got. It might not be clothes, it might be the new phone that you've got. Or 
I've got a new car, or I've got a, I've got a fancy new bathroom, or kitchen, or whatever it might be. I've got this amazing stuff. And they're wearing it as badges of pride. Badges of pride. Look, this is a status symbol. Isaiah says, this is not a status symbol. This is a symbol of your oppression of the poor. You spent all that money on these things. What about the people that are starving in your own land? Or we could say for ourselves today, in our own world, wherever they may be. We spend hundreds and hundreds on clothing. Or for me, it's not clothing. You can tell, you know, I'm pretty modest. I was in the youth group the other day, and a girl had come back after two years. She hadn't been there for two years. She said to me, Ian, you're still wearing the same jumper. Now, I wasn't the least bit bothered. You can probably tell by the way I dress. I'm not all that fussed. But for me, it's not clothing. For me, it's gadgets. I was saying to Helen, that laptop, it's getting slower and slower. And Helen said to me, yeah, we could get the 10% discount that Ross is offering from PC World. We can do that. Uh, But it would still be hundreds of pounds. And actually, the laptop is fine. It's fine. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a faster one, but it's fine. We can save that money. We can give it to someone who really needs it. And I was rebuked by that. A status symbol but actually it's an exploitation symbol. The sweatshops, the environment that's being harmed by the way we choose to live. Isaiah is saying, you're proud of the way you're living? You're proud of what you have? Don't be proud. Be ashamed. Isaiah is saying, you're all sheriffs of Nottingham and there's no Robin Hood. But except there is a Robin Hood. Do you see this? Verse 17. The Lord, therefore, will bring swords on the heads of of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. You see the shame and disgrace there. Look at verse 18. It is a long list, isn't it? Verse 18. Again and again in that day, the Lord will snatch away. What do we snatch away? Well, it talks about finery, bangles, headbands, crescent necklaces, earrings, bracelets, veils, headdresses, anklets, sashes, perfume bottles, charms, signet rings, nose rings, fine robes, capes, cloaks, purses, mirrors, linen garments, tiaras, shawls. It's a Christmas list, isn't it? This is what I want for Christmas, except the Lord is saying, This is what you will be taken away. It is all going to go. Gone. In our family, maybe you do this as well. You people share what they want for Christmas. And there's one particular member of our families. I'm not going to try and give you as few clues as possible to say who it is. It's not me or Helen. But uh, somebody in our families, one person, uh, a woman, she's asked for all kinds of things. And uh, it's all all makeup and stuff like that. Lip gloss, uh, eye brushes. Stuff that I never knew existed. And uh, we, we, were, we, had, we had a Friday off a couple of weeks ago. We decided we, we're headed to Boots. We're in Silverlink. Boots in the Silverlink, trying to find these things. She doesn't just want any old brush. She wants a particular brush. Uh, I, I've, I've got the list on my phone. I'm going to read it out. And we were looking around for this stuff. And even Boots didn't have it. I mean, you could spend a year in Boots trying to find this stuff. They've got so many varieties. And there was me saying, what, what is this? A long list of stuff. Well, it's easy for me to be self-righteous. I have a long list of stuff in my head that I would want as well. And Isaiah is saying, the Lord is saying, all this stuff that you want, all this stuff that you fill up in your houses, it'll be taken away. Taken away. All that was valued, those personal treasures, those defining items, that hat that we wore at that wedding, or those shoes that I wore for that occasion, or that shirt that I went out on that date, all those things, gone. 3 verse 24, everything treasured. Do you see that? Fragrance. Instead of fragrance, there'll be a stench. Instead of sash, 
a rope. Instead of well-dressed hair, there'll be baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. You know what all those things have in common at the end there? The instead ofs? All those things are symbols of not wealth, but slavery. Rope, baldness, sackcloth, branding. All the things you own taken away and you yourself will be owned. God is saying to his Old Testament people, this would happen. Assyria would come down and take some of them away. And later Babylon came down and led them into exile. These leaders, these wealthy people have exploited their own poor, taken away because God will not idly let people be hurt who he loves. And it'll be a great shame. 3 verse 25, your men will fall by the sword. This is the slavery, the battle that is lost to Assyria and then later Babylon. Verse 26, the gates of Zion, the place of protection and the place of trade in the gates of the city. They'll fall down to the ground. And look what it will mean for these wealthy women. Verse 1, in that day, seven women will take hold of one man because all the men are dead. It's a seven to one ratio. World War II, apparently what happened in World War II, half a million British men died. And there was a shortage of husbands for the women who survived that war. Even worse for Germany and France, a million men dead each. And these women similarly here, in that day, there's so few men to be, go around. The women are desperate. They say, we will eat our own food. We don't provide for us, fellas. We, we're going to bring our own food. We're going to provide our own clothes. You don't have to provide for us. I'm so desperate for a man. And he let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. You see, that is the end for those of us who exploit people, even willingly or unwillingly, to line our own wardrobes or houses or pockets, whatever it might be. It will end in disgrace if we do not change. We can say we love the Lord, and yet the way we live shows we don't love people he's made. So your clothes... Do they make you feel good? Or maybe the fragrances or the possessions you carry or the things you've got at home, are they your status? Are they your security? Well, we may have these things, but are we using them to help other people? Maybe you've got the luxury of a car. There are people who don't have cars who can need a lift to church. Or maybe you've got all kinds of luxuries at home. What about the people who have no food this Christmas? What will impress Jesus? Don't put your trust in what you wear. Don't be pride. Don't put your pride into those things. It will lead to disgrace. But Isaiah, God through Isaiah, offers us something far better. Far better as we come to chapter 4. Because if we heed that warning, we will be clothed in something far greater than we can ever dream or imagine. Let's look at chapter 4, verse 2. We see here that God will cover us, if we are faithful, with a far greater glory. Chapter 4, verse 2. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. This branch, what is this branch? It is those who have trusted in Jesus and lived his way. They'll be beautiful and glorious. As it goes on, the fruit of the land will be the pride and the glory of the survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion, the ones who are not taken away, the ones who are faithful, the ones who remain in Jerusalem, they will be called, verse 3, holy. All who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem. Do those words sound familiar? That's all those recorded or literally written among the living. It is Revelation 21. All those written in the Lamb's book of life. All those who are faithful. Who know they've sinned but have come to Jesus and said his mercy is more. 
and want to live his way. Verse 4, the Lord will wash away the filth of the women, the injustice of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem, the bloodstains that said people will leave them be while we dress ourselves well. He will do this by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. This is the way that the Lord works to dress us. He washes us clean by Jesus' blood shed on that cross, as we celebrate in a moment. And look at God's presence in verse 5. The Lord will create over all of Mount Zion, this is God's people, Jerusalem, over those who assemble there, a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Does that sound familiar? Exodus, you think of that? God's presence by cloud by day, fire by night. And see what happens over the page. Everything the glory will be, over everything the glory will be, a canopy, a protection, a covering. Verse 6, it will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and the rain. You see this? We can wear all kinds of clothes to protect ourselves, to make ourselves look good, to say, look at me. Aren't I important? Aren't I impressive? And God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to cover you with something far better that will protect you from everything that threatens you. The garments of Jesus' holiness, his glory, his love. Then you'll be beautiful, truly beautiful, truly glorious. What is the best thing to wear? Not fancy clothes, but Jesus' spiritual bulletproof vest. Now, I don't know what you think of a bulletproof vest. It doesn't look very good. But I thought, I'll have a bit of fun this morning. I hope you don't mind. Lethal weapon. You know lethal weapon? Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. Cops who are in L.A., they like to jump off buildings and do all kinds of crazy things. They don't really care about how they look. They don't want to look soft. They look hard. But here's a film clip from Lethal Weapon 3. Danny Glover's getting ready to go to work. Let's just see what happens. How do you want to dress? Do you look impressive or do you want to look loved? That is the question, isn't it? We can look very vain by dressing the way we want to dress or the things that we might want to have, but we can look even more beautiful. We can look loved by God, can't we? In the way that we live. What is the best thing to wear? It is to wear the holiness of Jesus, isn't it? It protects us from everything. It protects us from doubts. To know that we are loved. To know that God's purposes are good for me. It protects us from life's challenges and disappointments because life is full of those things. And yet, wearing Jesus' love for us in that way says, actually, yeah, life here on this earth is not always a bed of roses, but life forever will be glorious. And I can trust him. It protects us from temptation. It says, yeah, I don't have to go that way because Jesus loves me for who I am. Even though I failed, he loves me. Through the hurt and the pain, the question is, will we wear the garments Jesus wants to give us as Isaiah speaks in this passage? It makes us look good even. It makes us calm, patient, forgiving, kind. It makes us really attractive. Should we turn to 1 Peter 3? Turn to 1 Peter 3 if you've got a Bible there. Page 1219. I think we've also got it up on, up on the screen as well. Page 1219. What does 1 Peter say about what we, how we dress? 1 Peter 1, 2, uh, 1, 2, 1, 9 is the page number. 1 Peter 3. Let me read verses 3 and 5. Peter says this. He says it to women, but it could be to men as well. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles 
and the wearing of gold jewellery or fine clothes. Verse 4, rather it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Friends, what do we want to wear? What do you want to wear? We don't want to wear fancy clothes, do we? Yeah, we can wear those things. We want to wear Jesus Christ. We want to wear what he has given us. We want to look good, not in the sight of our fellow men and women. We want to look good in the sight of God. He has given us all the clothes we need to wear to do that. He has given us the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us wear what he has given us for free. His glory, his beauty, his forgiveness, his grace, his salvation. That is far better than anything money can buy. Let us wear him. Let us be ready to meet him. Let us pray. Father God, so often we do care what we wear or what we have. And Lord God, sometimes we haven't cared for the people perhaps caught up in the things that we have, the people who've worked hard in sweatshops or people who are just poor across the world who we spent money on these things that we have but we didn't think about them. Father, thank you that you do forgive us that injustice. Help us to change, to do what is right in that area. But thank you most of all that you've clothed us with the glory of Jesus, that his death on the cross, we trust in him, we are made right in his sight. Help us to wear him, the garments he's given us, his love, that our lives would be beautiful and glorious on the inside as we wait for Jesus. Amen.